Welcome to American Football in Finland, where a few of us Americans in Finland discuss the football being played here every week. You can follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com forward slash AFF. I'm Perfect Purpose here with my only co-host of the day, Jabari Harris. Hey, how everybody doing? It's good to be back on the show, Purvis. Today, we're going to talk about last week's Maple League results. We'll talk about this week's game to watch. We'll have a quick interview with Porvo Butcher's quarterback, Jordan Moore. And we're going to announce something new and exciting happening with our podcast. But first, let's get into the first game of the weekend, which was on Thursday night. The Homelina Huskies hosted the Tampa the Saints. The Huskies were playing their first Maple League game. In this first Maple League game, they beat the Saints 52-0. There's a lot to be said about beating the team 50-0. And I'm pretty sure the Huskies said everything you could say while doing that. Stan Bedwell has once again put together a team full of talent. He had about eight receivers involved in his passing attack. He threw for 350 yards himself and completed 83% of his passes while scoring four touchdowns at quarterback. And if anyone that pays attention to American football in Europe, if you know Stan Bedwell, you know physically he's not the best quarterback in the world, but this guy knows how to work. And that's what he did against the Saints. He went to work and put up big numbers and basically ran the show like none other. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but he looked nifty out there running a little bit. He had 33 yards rushing. Now, I could be biased, and of course I'm just talking about Stan Badwell, but he's not the entire team. They had a lot of contributions. Tommy Pinta at slot receiver, his stats were not as high as anyone else's. But every catch he made in that game was crucial. On second and third downs and long, he does routes over the middle. He catches them. If he was targeted five times, he had five catches. He didn't drop anything that was thrown to him. He was really the glue for me in this game, contrary to what other people thought about maybe it being Stan throwing the ball or a Roman runner catching a certain amount of passes. Tommy Pinto was really the glue for that offense in this game. That's pretty much all I'm going to say about the game because it was 50-0. to zero. I'm not going to say anything about the Saints. They lost. Yeah, watching this game, um, we, I mean, we, we predicted and expected the Huskies get to win. But I think that they did more than one. They came out and they clearly made a statement saying, we are not a first division team just coming up to make our presence. We're coming up to dominate and compete for a title and I think that when they stepped on the field from beginning to end those guys showed confidence uh we put the pressure on Stan all week we brought up his name we said that it was going to be about him and he completely delivered I just want to say kudos to that Huskies team they look pretty good I know that they're only going to get better as the season goes on and they're going to be a dangerous team I still think they're one of my top three teams and they clearly showed that they could compete in the Maple League uh, I want to add to it because I, I know I'm a little one-sided. But on the Saints side, I will say some positives about you guys because that offense, it, it didn't score. It did not. But it had opportunities. 
that offense actually looked a lot better than the last time we seen him play. Uh, Riley Yeldell has, I think he's had some chemistry with his receivers now, and they had chances to get on the board, but those opportunities were missed mostly with penalties. Even though they're getting better, I think that offense for Tampa Saints is getting better. Uh, costly penalties set them back and took away things that could have put them in a position to score. But on the defensive side, the Saints have nothing. I'm sorry. You have two really good defensive backs with Benjamin Ulipa and then Elliot Jeffcoat, who are leading the team in tackles. That's the problem. They're two very good defensive backs. They should not be leading the team in tackles. That's because no one else is stepping up. Tony Ballin played better in this game and made a lot of tackles, but a lot of those were downfield tackles. They weren't at the line or behind the line of scrimmage. So he's making tackles at linebacker once they get yards, which is mostly because he's pursuing because they're running away from him. They need help on defense. But that offense, with Yodell at quarterback, playing the way that he plays, this offense, they could actually get something going. But as long as that defense is just getting ran through like a college freshman sorority girl, they're not going to go anywhere in the Maple League this year. And also with the Saints team, they have a pretty solid running back. I mean, he was getting some good carries and he was getting some tough yards. I mean, they the Huskies had that box stacked. They made it hard for them to be able to do anything. But like you said, I think that eventually once they continue to put the pieces together and they have a lot of young guys. I mean, super young. I mean, 19, 18, Mm -hmm. 20. They have a lot of young guys that are now having to step up due to injury, due to retirement, due to whatever it may be. And they're just going to have to just trust and depend that as this long season goes forward, that the chemistry and the confidence is going to come. Other than that, they they have a lot to work on. And um, like we said before, the Huskies, they made their they made a statement. They made a statement, and Stan Bellwell had, hey, Maple League, watch out for him. He's saying, hey, say what you want about me. I can win games, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm happy he delivered. I'm happy that he stepped up and he did what he said he would do. On Monday night, uh, Sineoki Crocodiles went to Wasser Royals and got beat. I'm just going to say they got beat. Uh, Jabari, tell us about that game. Well, you know, I got a chance to see the game, and – you know, in the beginning, it was a very, very, very close game. You know, it was – Crocodiles came out. They came out tough. Um, I felt like at the beginning of the game, they had a spark. They had a little bit of chemistry going. The defense was playing lights out. I mean, in that first half, they did not allow RJ and Justin to get off. Justin struggled. He had two interceptions, and they really did a great job containing them. But I feel like they did not have enough gas to continue to compete with the Royals. On the defensive side, this man, Chris Young, again, was a beast. He finished the game with 12 tackles, 10 solos. Mm. He was not allowing the Crocodiles to run the ball anywhere. When you look at the stats, the Crocodiles' offense did not have a single chance. They had a total of 47 rushing yards, 86 passing yards, with a total of 133 total offense. You are not going to win games against top teams with that lack of production. On the other side, R.J. Long, he didn't have any touchdowns, five catches, 65 yards. But in that second half, he came alive and he put the Royals in position to just take over this game. 
the person that I really want to highlight is this in this game for the Royals is not Justin RJ, but it's that running back. Tom Suosti. Tom, Tom Suosti. He had, had 16 carries, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. He put the game away for the Boston Royals. I have to give kudos to him. The Royals were absolutely quiet until that run game got going. On the defensive side, that defense held long enough to allow the offense to pick it up. Uh, I like what Booker did. He made a lot of adjustments to get Justin out of the funk because Justin started off in the complete funk. He wasn't setting his feet. He was forcing a few balls. But I seen Booker calm him down. RJ eventually and the other receivers, Cutlin, they got a ball, and they allowed the pressure to be taken out of him. And this is one of the things at the beginning of the year that we talked about. What kind of quarterback are we going to see in Justin? Mm-hmm. All right? I feel like every quarterback has good days and every quarterback has bad days. What I liked about what I saw from Justin is he picked it up. He finished the game with three passing TDs, 207 yards, and a win. Before, we've seen Justin get in that funk and not get in that funk. I think the difference is not only does he have the talent around him, but he has a head head coach and an offensive coordinator that knows his strength but also can help him out by putting him in positions to be correct. And that's what it's all about. When you can look to the sideline and you can see that your coach is in your corner and that your coach sees what you don't see and can correct you, you have no choice but to eventually get it. And I think that's what this Boston Royal team did. As far as the Crocodiles, I'm still having a hard time believing that they're going to be a top four team. Not to take anything away from them. They had a lot of positive things. But as of right now, Sanioki, Turku, and the Saints are all in the same boat right now. One of them are going to have to emerge or else they're all going to be scrambling to stay in the Maple League at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree with you on pretty much everything you said. But I just want to go back to the running back. I said this on last week's show that running back from the Royals, number 40, Tom Suosti, is underrated. I said this. I watched this guy run last year, and I'm saying it again this year. That guy is a running back. He has great vision. He has good hands as well. He can catch out the backfield. And the guy, his feet never stop moving. If you watch him, he's like a little ball of energy. He's always moving. He reads his blocks well. And that's what he did in this game. Like you said, when Sotelaire wasn't doing well for them early in the game, Tom put the team on his back. And that's what, a, that's what a great running back does. He put the team on his back. They got back into it. And then they started getting back into a more balanced offense. And he had some great runs. But I won't talk too much about the Royals because they, they did what they had to do. They, they started slow. And then they came out and played like the team that we know that they are. The only thing is, it could be questionable if they could start slow against everyone in the Maple League. So hopefully the second time is the last time they start this slowly in the game before getting it going. For the Crocodiles, I saw a lot of improvement, mostly in terms that they looked like they wanted to win this game early on. They looked like they were putting everything they had into it. They had almost all their imports were playing both ways. I saw Corey Magwood, the linebacker, playing running back. I saw Anthony Brooks playing receiver and playing cornerback at times in the games. He actually got an interception on defense 
early in the game. Then you had Dejon Washington playing defensive back against R.J. Long for most of the game, but he also went in and receiver a couple of times. They did everything that they could do. The only problem is I honestly think that on that team, having so many players be jack-of-all-trades, they're actually becoming masters of none. There's not there's not one player on that team that you can look at and say, he is good at this position, he is going to get this done for me, and we can game plan around that. Even the quarterback, Brett Arave, that guy is the, the punter for the team. He's a hell of a punter. He had three punts inside the 20-yard line, so he knows how to kick that thing, and he averaged almost 40 yards per punt. But for me... The Crocodiles, what they're doing is they're stretching themselves so thin by having so many people play multiple roles. And what's happening is you can't be great if you're playing multiple roles. You got receivers like Anthony Brooks. He dropped a lot of passes. He could have been a little bit tired from having to guard receivers and then go run routes. That little bit of tiredness could have been the difference of him focusing on those passes. That can make a big difference in these games in the Maple League. I think... Sinioki needs to figure out a better way to create production on offense and defense besides having all these players play both ways. Even the Finnish running back, Jaska Vanninen, he even played defense. I think he had four tackles in the game. I think Josh Clark was the only person I didn't see play offense and defense from the skill position set for the Crocodiles. And that's just, it's too much for a team that's not that talented. They don't have enough talent to spread around to spread the players that they do have making plays. And playing against a Royals team who knows what they were going to do, it just, you couldn't outlast them. The first two quarters, they gave them a hell of a fight, but the game settled down. They could not outlast those guys. And that's exactly what happened on the defensive side. Like, that Sanioki defense held them to eight, nine points up until the third quarter. And then once you just seen guys like Washington just getting burnt out, R.J. Long had three catches out of his five back-to-back on him. Fade, back shoulder fade. It's just that the guys are simply tired. And when you look at this offense, if your offense is going three and out every drive, that means your defense is on the field the whole game. I mean, let's look at some of these stats. The quarterback for the San Diego Crocodiles won 12 for 26, one TD, no touchdowns, and 86 yards. Rushing-wise, they had their leading rusher average two, uh, 2.2 yards a carry with 15 rushes, 43 yards, with a net of 33. They have no firepower on that offense. It doesn't matter how good these athletes that they're subbing from the offense and all over the place to the defense. If these guys are going to play 80% of the game, they do not have a shot. And it was just sad to see because you can just see the guys on the film tired. And, but they were still fighting, and that's what I like about the San Diego team. They're known to be fighters. But now I'm asking the coaches, what is the next move? What are they going to do to be able to get these guys in position to win? Because they, in my opinion, they have a better chance at turning their program around than the Turku Trojans and the Saints do, in my opinion, at this point. The Crocodiles are a team that know how to win, and they've been able to win years before. I think that now it just comes down to the coaches figuring out what do we have to do to put our guys in position to win. 
It's not that they don't have enough, but they don't have enough to spread out, as you said. Mm -hmm. So they have to figure out what their strength and their weakness is going to be. Either they're going to focus on putting up a lot of points and trying to outscore people, or they're going to try to put up enough points and try to shut out people on defense. At this point, they do not have enough to do both. What we seen from Vasa was they had a defense led by Chris Young where they could shut you out, and they had an offense led by R.J. Long and just a solitaire where we could put up 40 even when we start slow. I still think that this Vasa team is scary for the simple fact that they put up almost out of the 40 points, they put up almost 30 in the fourth quarter. This team is going to be real. And I'm very, 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 very excited to see what they're going to do this next game versus the Helsinki Roosters. All right. Well, speaking of next week, that's everything that happened last week in the Maple League. But there are games again on Thursday. The Portville Butchers are going to travel to Turku to play the Turku Trojans. And then on Saturday, Sinayoki goes to the Hamelina Huskies. And the big game is Monday night. The Wassel Royals are going to travel to Helsinki to play against the Helsinki Roosters. So, of course, that's the game to watch. It's going to be Wassel Royals at the Helsinki Roosters playing for essentially first place early in the season. We're going to each take one sentence to say why this is the game to watch for us. You go first, Jabari. I'll go second. Top dog in the Maple League. Wassel Royals at the Helsinki Roosters. My sentence would be, who is really the best team in the Maple League? Before we get out of here, we're going to hear what Porvo Butchers quarterback Jordan Moore has to say about their last game where the Butchers put up 35 points and also talk about this upcoming game this weekend. How you doing today, Jordan Moore? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you having me on here. Hey, we appreciate you talking to us, using your valuable time and letting us talk to you. New guy to Finland playing for the Porvo Butchers. I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions and try and kind of figure out where you're going this season and how you guys plan on attacking this upcoming game. All right. First question. Last game, you guys put up 35 points. In the last season, the Butchers only scored 35 points in one game for the entire year. So should we expect you guys to put up these type of points every week? Or was that just a result of playing an inferior opponent? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was a result of an inferior opponent because you know the league had them picked ahead of us. You know, we were picked sixth, they were picked fifth. I think what it was, you know, we just came out with the mindset, you know, we're just gonna come out here and do whatever we can to win this ball game. Uh, and you know, I gotta give a huge shout out to our defense, forcing three and outs. You know so many times in the game and giving the offense the opportunity to get out there and score points. You know, our offensive line did a great job uh, giving Darian an opportunity to, you know, run for as many yards as he did, scoring a touchdown, giving me time in the pocket, you know, even though we didn't throw the ball as much. And when I did throw, we, you know, it was either completion or a touchdown. We ran the ball well. I, I just think uh, we 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 just came out playing well, man. I don't, I don't think the Saints, I don't think they were an inferior team. I mean, you could watch the Huskies game when they play against the Huskies. You know, they didn't really look that well. But I, I just think it's because of, you know, they're coming off a, a hard game. that we, You know, that we put that win on them. So Personally, you accounted for four touchdowns in that game against the Saints. You had two passing mm-hmm. touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns. Do you think your dual threat ability 
had something to do with the overall success of the run game. They had what two hundred seventy five yards in total. Yeah, I kind of think so, but you know, I think I think mostly our offensive line, man. They uh they opened up the trenches for us, man. Darren had two hundred and fifteen yards rushing. Uh, you know, he was really he was really the workhorse for us uh, that game. But yeah, I, I think uh, when you have a quarterback that can run in and throw, you know, even though you know everybody was saying that you know the Butch has got a quarterback who can't throw, and uh, I'm just out here proving otherwise. And I think they're having a do with their quarterback on the team helps out a lot, you know, because it can open up it'll open up the offense more, and and, and the defense have to stay on their toes pretty much the whole game because they don't know they don't know what's coming. Again, talking about the the rushing game. You only threw 12 passes compared to mm-hmm. 33 run plays. Is that the kind of ratio you guys are kind of looking for this season is to kind of rely on the run and then make big pass plays? Really, it's just uh, it's just about the game plan. You know, it's just we went into that game, you know, you know we're going to start off running the ball, and if they can't stop it, then, you know, we're just going to keep – we're just going to keep running the ball. And it kind of, you know, like I said, we had gone through, what, 12 passes and completed seven. You know, a lot of those seven, you know, it was really their first down throws or touchdown throws. So it was just all part of the game plan, man. If, if they couldn't stop the run game, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep giving it to them until they stop it. And then we can open up the passing game. So really, it's just all about if the defense, you know, if they stop our run game, we air it out. If, they, if we can't throw the ball in, and they can't stop our run game, if they can't stop our run game, and we're just, you know, we're gonna grind and pound it. So really, it's just all about what the defense defense does. The Butchers had a bye week. It could be categorized as the uh, first actual week of summer in in Finland. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you do during the bye week besides football? Did you like look around in Finland and see some? Did you go sightseeing in Finland? Yeah, we went out to uh, we went out to Helsinki a couple of days. Uh, went sightseeing, went to the mall, hung out out there, and uh, we just been out here in the city of Porvoo, out here in the center, hanging out. You know. Uh, just meeting new faces and you know the nightlife is it's pretty cool man they got this little club spot two clubs like fiesta and khalifa you know we, we went there and you know we just had, had, trying to have a good time doing our off week you know because you know this is a business trip you know overall but it's always good to like relax and uh have a good time as well yeah that's good man it's just we're glad that you're having fun in finland like it's more than just football you're experiencing life out here right this week, Butchers go against the Turku Trojans. The Trojans have given up 30-plus points in both of their losses so far this season. What do you guys need to do to add to that trend of giving up 30 points? You know, honestly, I, you know, I don't think we're really trying to keep a trend going. It's just more of football. It's just, you know, whatever team scores the most points, they win the ball game. So uh, I think we're just going to go out there, and, you know, with the same mindset we had last week, you know, really – Really, we're the underdogs going in this whole season, so we we got to come out every week and try to make a statement. So we're just, you know, we're gonna try to put as many points as we can, uh, just to get the win, man. And if if it's twelve, if we don't put twelve points on the board, we still win, and I'm okay with that, man. The Trojans, they're in a must-win situation. They're starting the season zero and two. They don't want to go zero and three. Is there anything you expect from them to try to mix it up defensively to? slow you guys down from your running and your potent passing attack. Do you think they're going to try anything special against you guys that they haven't done so far in the season? Uh, I don't know. I was telling, uh, I was telling my offense, you know, at practice, they, 
they're on too. So and, you know, we're one to know and they're 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 desperate for a win. So they're gonna come with everything they got this game. I think they're gonna come with everything they got. They're gonna pile the box up and, and try to do all this all these things. You know, this is what what I think they're gonna do. Just because you know they they really need that win. Yeah. Uh, I think they're gonna blitz a lot. You know, try to try to stop the run. You know, honestly, you know, we'll be well prepared for them. So, you know, they can try whatever they want, but we'll be ready for it. So, well, Jordan Moore, quarterback of the Porvo Butchers, I appreciate you talking to us today, and we wish you the best of luck this week against the Turkey Trojans. All right, I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks to Jordan Moore again for taking the time to talk to us. Before we sign off, we have some exciting news to tell you guys. Starting next week, we'll be taping our show on a local radio station in Helsinki called Lahi Radio on channel 100.3. We're going to have more specific details on our Facebook page in the next few days to let you know exactly what times we're going to be on there. But starting next week, American football in Finland will be on your local radio station in Helsinki. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com forward slash AFF. That's it for us this week on American Football in Finland. I'm Perfect Purpose with my co-host Jabari Harris. Thanks for having us again this week. It was a pleasure. And we'll see you guys next week.